Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. This episode of Hey Amarillo is supported by the WT Enterprise Center, home of the Amarillo Enterprise Challenge. Going into business is tough at any point, but it's especially difficult if you don't have the resources to realize your dreams. The Enterprise Challenge gives multiple entrepreneurs a chance to win a share of half a million dollars, along with coaching, mentorship, and the creation of an investment-worthy business plan. This is such a cool and beneficial event here in Amarillo, and at least a couple of guests on this podcast have seen this event kickstart their business ideas. And so to register for this year, head to AmarilloEnterpriseChallenge.com, that's prize with a Z, and start growing your business today. Registration closes October 1st, and don't miss out on an upcoming orientation date, September 30th. And as part of this podcast partnership with Brick and Elm Magazine, I also want to give a podcast shout out to my friend Leslie Massey with Farmers Insurance and to Street Volkswagen of Amarillo, online at streetvw.com. Today's guest is Andrew Hall. Andrew is an Amarillo native. His family has strong and influential ties to this area on both sides, uh, which we discuss in this episode. But Andrew spent a decade living elsewhere in Texas before he returned to his hometown in 2013. And when he got back, he noticed that Amarillo was lacking some of the stuff he appreciated from other communities. And so instead of complaining about it, he started working to add those things to Amarillo. So he served on multiple boards, including Center City and the Amarillo EDC, and he's one of the founders of the Hoodoo Mural Program, an ongoing event that culminates at a big music and art festival this Saturday, October 2nd. I'm really excited about Hoodoo, I'm excited about this event, and I'm excited about this interview. So here's Andrew Hall. Andrew Hall, welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I know that uh, we'll end up talking about Hoodoo Mural Festival and a lot of stuff like that, but I like to start with my guests just asking how you ended up here in the first place. Awesome. So walk me through that story. Why are you in Amarillo? So I'm, I'm born and raised here. Uh, lived here my whole life other than left for college. Tasco's a high school grad, and uh, then we went, I went to Dallas, went to SMU. Okay. Um, did some was in the business school there, and then uh, worked worked for a few years in financial services, and then uh, went back to SMU and got my MBA there, and then so was there for about almost ten years, and then came back to town in 2013. All right, uh, I met my now wife in Dallas, and uh, I got out of school and. Mark, the housing market was kind of getting going and I was like, well, let's just see if I can sell my house. And we, it sold in a week. Okay. So <laughs> I looked at my fiance at the time and go, um, let's go drop our stuff in Amarillo and maybe travel, do some road trips before we get married. And then we just never left and we're happy, two kids and just loving Amarillo. Was that was that a plan? I mean, did were, did you go to SMU thinking, I'm going to get out of here and go work someplace else? I mean, was coming back ever? I, f- I figured we'd come back eventually. I didn't think so soon, but uh, we have a family company, and it, I figured we'd come back. I loved growing up here, um, just the pace and everything, and 
So yeah, but I didn't think so quickly. Yeah. I didn't think my mid twenties I'd be back, but it's been great. What was your career plan? I mean, I, I know you work for the family company now. Was that always something that you kind of had in the back of your mind or did you want to like break free of it? I always wanted to be a stockbroker. Yeah. Um, got to go on the stock exchange uh, floor when I was younger and I just always said that's what I was going to do. Um, and, and I did that for a little while. I, I worked, but it was right in the 2008 financial just meltdown. Yeah, not a so great So basically time. I, instead of trading stocks, I basically packed up a lot of people's files for a while. Uh, learned was learning and you know build a portfolio and you know all the market you know data analyze this and that but a lot of times there was it was a weird time that all these um, teams that they were getting bought out by different financial firms so mm -hmm. they'd get a check for here and then we so then I was I was the low man on the totem pole so I'd pack up because if you leave you cannot touch your stuff yeah so I'd go in and pack it all up and then oh wow so it was kind of funny but and then then I, I ended up getting on with the team and we moved I started at UBS and then we went to I joined a, a guy and we we created a team and built some portfolio so then we ended up moving to Smith Barney mm -hmm. and then Smith Barney got bought out so then it was Morgan Stanley. I mean, it was just crazy So time. much turnover and turmoil. My uh, branch manager, when the big crash happened, he was kind of white. And I was like, I was just, just started happy. You know, what's going on? He goes, the Dow just dropped the same amount of points when I started what the Dow was, the level. Like, mm -hmm. So it dropped that many points that day. And he was just shocked. Mm -hmm. So it was an interesting time. And. But I always wanted to get my MBA too. So we, I saw a time, a window, and went back to school. I thought about going somewhere else, but I enjoyed Dallas and SME is a good business school. And so I did that for a couple of years. And I met my wife right before, like a week before started school. So she was, she's from Atlanta. So she's. So a, this is a really different place for her. Yes. It was a very different transaction. She loves it now, but we had a. We had a, when we said, okay, we're going to live here, it was a, then we, then a snow blizzard hit. It was the year yeah. of all those yeah, dust storms. And we were all just kind of giving her a hug saying, the weather's not like this, you know, lying a little every, bit. Every, every 10 or 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. This year. Yeah. Lying a little bit, but, but we're here and we've been here now since almost seven, eight years now. Okay. So uh, you, you mentioned the family company. I, I want to ask a little bit just about, you know, your family, because you come from actually families on both sides that were very entrepreneurial, um, had a lot of success in business. You know, your grandparents, the Gilliland family from Vance Hall, which people will remember Vance Hall Sporting Goods downtown. I mean, was was that that idea of sort of an entrepreneurial bent? Was that just kind of baked in? Like, was, was that something that you grew up with? You know, very fortunate to have, you know, these role models in my life that have really driven me to try, you know, just try to soak up any little bit of their knowledge. I mean, I get all the time that, you know, Vance Hall Sporting Goods, I was young enough to remember it, but I didn't get to see it in the heyday, mm -hmm. which is always sad. But I mean, he was such a, a caring man. He did a lot of things for local sports and the community. And, and it, it's just always great to hear people that remember it, and and it, it's always it warms my heart. Um, and then my my dad and my dad, which on on the hall side, and my my grandfather Bill, they uh, 
they started a group of car dealerships. My, my grandfather worked for my uncle back in the day when he came in the 60s. But um, late late 80s is when they really kind of ramped up the car dealership. They call it cross-continent auto retailers. And they were the first group, my, gra- my dad and grandfather and was the first group of car dealerships to go public mm-hmm. on the New York Stock Exchange. Is that how you ended up? That's how I ended up those, going out there. I mean, did I you was, get to ring the bell or anything? We didn't get to ring the bell. I think there was probably someone bigger and yeah. fancier to, to ring the bell. But we got to get out there and, you know, they let you buy the first share. And, mm-hmm. and we got to have lunch with the with the president of the Stock Exchange. And, I mean, it was, it was really fun. And during the IPO process, we lived basically in New York. For summer, my dad had to work the whole time. Yeah. My mom and my brother and I, we got to go do everything. We just took the book and we just start checking it off. And then my dad would get to see the pictures because he didn't get to uh. do any of that. But it was fun. And and then it sold to what is that now AutoNation, Wayne Huizinga's company. And uh, so you'll still see AutoNation right. here. But they had a really interesting concept because here in Amarillo, they had the all the car dealers, all the Chevys, and then which was very rare. They don't usually do that, right? So that was interesting. But I mean, you ask me how to do anything in a car now, yeah, that's it's almost embarrassing. Is, I don't know how there, to do anything. Like when when you have that kind of background, you know, it, was was there an expectation that you're going to follow somehow in the family business, whether it's family company that has resulted from that or, you know, having that, at least just that, that, that business I think mindset. they always hoped for it. Um, my dad was always just hoping we'd come home. Hey, what can we do? Hey, mm-hmm. can you do this? But they didn't push us. Okay. Um, we just happened to come back. My brother ended up coming back as well a couple of years after I got back home. But um, I so mean, there's a lot of people that would just be like, that's a fallback. I know I'll always have a job if I want a job. And other people are just like, yeah, I don't want to do anything. No, I always that thought it, yeah. I thought did. it was like, oh, I, don't, I don't, I almost felt like I was copying out. I wasn't working hard enough just to go, okay, I'll just come, I'll go work for the companies. But it ended up being after I did the corporate world for a while, it was like, you know what? It's really great in Amarillo. It's, we're, it's a great opportunity and i needed to look at us as opportunity not as a a fallback or you know but you didn't have that rebellious side either like i'm just gonna go i mean i had fun in college but uh you know it's but we also worked hard i mean it no i it's been interesting and and really it's fortunate because my granddad he he lives in fredericksburg some now um but he'll come in to work every day he's mid 80s now and I mean, we want him to be there because we we're still working hard. He still's got ideas, and we still just soak it all up. I mean, my brother and I, are, we want him there. And then on my dad's side, he's the same way. I mean, they he can work out a, the weirdest real estate deal on earth, but it works, and it'll it's just a little different, but it it gets the job done. Um, so it's it's helps us think differently, a little outside the box sometimes, and. And then we're, they've also instilled just, you know, how can we support Amarillo too? Yeah. I mean, it's it's our home and um, we want it to thrive and part of the reason why I'm doing some of these projects, I mean, it's just side gigs. Well, so. tell me tell me then about that because I, I know you <clears throat> came back here having spent, you know, time in the Metroplex and 
coming back here as as an adult, you know, you grew up here, you come back eight or ten years later, and you started getting involved and thinking, okay, well, what if what if this happened? What if this happened? Tell me sure. about that mindset. And yeah, why. the mindset was, I came home and you go downtown and. It's, it's still the same. I mean, it's pretty sleepy around. Yeah, and it's. It was like, I've been gone for ten years. Dallas is blowing up. You go to Austin, it's going crazy. I spent a little time in Oklahoma City, and they had all the Bricktown go on. You could just see what was happening. I mean, these are bigger cities, but we. So I think in one side, okay, it's good. We still have our our roots, and we still have like you know what makes Amarillo. But on the other side, there's not the. We need people here. We need younger people here. We need things to do, and and it really helps drive the economy. I mean, if not, you can go down quickly. And and so that was kind of my thought of how can I get um, involved on certain things. I just I happened to get involved with a group that they were working on the ballpark, so I j- hopped in on that pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a wild time figuring out. You know, I would stand on the corner basically and hold up signs. I would do or knock on doors. I mean, we worked hard on the ballpark, and yeah, there was people that didn't want it, and some people wanted. I mean, it was interesting, but I, I think it's really helped, and I love going to Hodgetown, and mm-hmm. I mean, just that little thing has spurred other development. I feel like downtown, and then we also have a. Anything downtown, I kind of focus downtown, but this is where I work. That's where I have an office. But I think it's kind of an epicenter that helps it go. It just kind of ripples out. Um, some people have different opinions on that, but I well, got to start somewhere. It's the heart of the city, and you yeah. got to keep the heart healthy I, and strong. Yeah. The heart's going. Everything else is is getting the blood supply. So yeah, but, and then been on some of those, and then we also have a focus on just helping our kind of kid focused is our our family mission is helping drive things that we can help whether it's local elementary schools local after school programs my grandmother's big big push is we have a and probably no one knows but we have this deal called the clothes mobile yeah and, I'm, uh, I'm well aware of it okay. because my wife worked for it for oh really yeah. oh that's awesome uh, i'm sorry i didn't know that but yeah, yeah i mean we there's literally a big, we bought a big van and we've worked with uh, a lot of the elementary schools and it's, and we, we think it's, it's nice to have uh, a week's set of clothes, three mm-hmm. to you know, three to four sets of clothes. You don't want them the same. So it's not a uniform, but it, it's really neat. I mean, you provide the whole works from shoes to shirt, belt, socks, underwear, and that's been her her baby. Mm-hmm. Comes to the kids. They can we try comes to the kids. Right they get there. yeah. There's a dressing room. We've worked with the social workers to make sure everything's great on that end. You know, you want. I mean, there's kids are changing, so we want to make sure yeah. that's properly done and everything. But you should. I mean, the fit the smiles on their faces when they can take home a brand new, almost week's worth of clothes, and it's all you know. It's different, and they take pride. I mean, that's that's. What we really focus on is just how can we give back to the community, things like that. Tell me how you think, like, before we talk about hoodoo, like when you're talking about 
you know, some of the things that maybe downtown needs, some of the, the things that you saw happening in Dallas that, you know, you thought could be happening in Amarillo, but weren't in place yet. You know, there's, there's a, a core of people that are resistant to a lot of that because they don't want Amarillo to become Austin yeah. or Plano or, or whatever. Um, and others who are like, yes, we need, we need progress because progress is going to set us up for the future. How do you balance those things where you, you add to the city without like redefining the personality of the city? Yeah. I, mean, I think it, it, you're absolutely right. It's, you gotta just kind of go for it. And whether, I think what, what was with me is we're in Tesco. So I had a, we had a car and a heart, a core group of friends, and then we had maybe a bigger group that was know, 30 or 40 got girls, guys. And I don't have one of my core friends move back to town. They all left. They're all gone. And that's a problem. I mean, I, there's some people that I know from high school, they're still here and, I, and that's great. But like my best friend, you know, my, my guy, the guy crew that we ran around, none of them are there. They're having aren't even the state. And to me, that just, I just don't think that's right. It doesn't help your employers. It doesn't help your city. It doesn't help your, to, to try to find someone to hire young that right now it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, this was pre-COVID shortage, labor shortage. And I heard somebody say once that like Amarillo's biggest export is not oil and gas or agriculture. It's the talent that grows up here. And then Which is so off. sad. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I'm getting now, I'm in my mid thirties where it's like, okay, they're not going to come back, but I would love for the next, you know, few generations that they go, you know what? It's actually pretty neat and it helps sell it. And it's people, whether you're not here or not, whether you're trying to import Mm -hmm. talent here, it's hard when you've left an Austin or a Dallas or a Denver to go, well, here's what we have to do. And Mm -hmm. at the time there really wasn't a lot. I mean, I think there's been some great strives for, for our town. I mean, even all around, I mean, not just downtown is growing. It's, it's pretty exciting. And then just another thing I hated was, Oh yeah, I've driven through there. Mm -hmm. Like, did you stop? No, I didn't. Well, we, we spent the night. Yeah. Like, well, did you go eat? Well, no. Yeah. I mean, so another is just, okay, what can we do to, maybe they'll stay a night. Maybe they'll come to our local restaurants. Maybe, I mean, eat, stay, play, one more night. So that's kind of been my motivation of just like, where can I go to help drive that ideas? Um, and uh, so that's been pretty interesting. And I think it's happening. I mean, you go downtown and these new when the, when the wares put in that new rooftop, mm-hmm. bar, I mean, it's like, we have a rooftop bar now. Crush is great. Tixar is great. All the other restaurants down there are fun. I mean, it's lively now. You have people there. Now it gets quiet on Sunday, which is great, right. which is great for the muralists right now, by the way. Um, but that's kind of what we've been working on. Tell me, tell me about Hoodoo. Tell me the origin story. So kind of that whole deal when we, my wife and I, sold my house, didn't know what to do. We traveled for a little bit because that was when I was trying to think of like, wow, what can we do for the city to help bring something touristy or get some economic growth and and, and in the same way, provide some free things for the community. So we went to uh, 
You went to a couple of places. We went to Miami. Uh, they have the Wynwood Walls down yeah. there. And I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it is it is really neat. Not in person. Yeah. I've seen a lot of photos. What it did for that area, it was kind of a rundown area right across the bridge um, from South Beach, you know, the area there. And what it did, it has just completely changed it. I mean, it's a destination. You people leave South Beach and they go across bridge yeah. just to go there. They spend their money there and have drinks and look at the art. and Just because the developer decided murals were going to be the thing there. They were just cool. Yeah. He's really lucky because he has this horseshoe wall. So there's a, he has south, north, and west or east wall. And you can walk in and you see the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And now it's the worldwide artists want to come. And it was just neat. So they did that. And then we went to Denver. So you have the crush walls up there, right. the, the Rhino Arts District up there. Same thing. It's was just blowing up up there. And it's just neat. I mean, and then you come home, and you're like, whoa, look at all these walls. Look at all these warehouse buildings yeah, with giant walls. Things, that, and there's no business beige. there. It's kind of vacant, but... Man, this is neat. So I was thinking about it, and then I had a a guy come in. His name's Stuart West. He's like, hey, you should paint that wall. I just kind of, he almost did the same tour. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, gosh, like, yeah, let's do it. So we were I just, I have an office down on Fillmore. It's actually the Bobcats and the, the Jackrabbit, if you see that. Yeah. It's by Emily Dean. Um, we were just going to paint one wall. Like, well, maybe we could have like a, Four or five artists make a little collage or something. And then we started putting the idea out. Got with who really helps is Kat Massey. She's kind of my co-chair, her and Shelby, her husband. And then talked to Center City at the time when we were when we were teaming up with Center City. And we just we just went after it. And Amarello has such a uh, deep arts culture, mm -hmm. such a giving culture. Including a public art culture i mean i mean all the dynamite yes. museum stuff like that that's all public art so as soon as you kind of you know, okay everyone has their niche on certain charities but it seems like when you talk art everyone has the art mm -hmm. giving to it so we were started kind of hitting the streets and sharing our idea and everyone just got on board the whole you know, arts community just started helping us out and so we did that it was two years ago and we had to take a year off of COVID, but it was fun. I mean, at the time we didn't have, we were like, okay, we've got all this art. What do you do to celebrate it? Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to do a little bigger this year. But the cool thing I feel like in these festivals, okay, you have a music festival. Okay, you have the, you have the artists, the music come in. Well, they leave and then you're like, okay, well that was fun. Yeah. I think the cool thing about this, adding the murals and music together as well. Now you, now you get left these beautiful right. pieces of art and we hope to, you know, we want it to inspire youth artists saying, Hey, there's a career here. You don't have to be a muralist, but you can make a true living. These guys that come in town, they make a living doing this. I mean, they get paid well. Mm -hmm. We, we, we're all privately funded that by them. We we privately raise donations and pay them commissions. We want to pay them for their their work, 
Um, so we're trying to do that. And then just the you know, community use of this kind of free art gallery downtown. It's been neat to see. How do you, you know, when, when you've approached the artists, I know you're, um, you're being pretty intentional about having some that are big names from outside this area and others that have a tie to Amarillo. I mean, Blank Spaces <clears throat> has been involved with, with both years. Is there any challenge in getting them to come to Amarillo and saying, hey, come come here and, and do your stuff? You know, the first year we did it, we we were just kind of winging it. I mean, we were like, I wonder who would paint. Mm-hmm. And then really what happened is we we showed that we we're willing to pay you. We we're willing to support you. We want to show kind of the Amarillo hospitality. And the artist kind of it gets out in the art scene. So this year, and we've, we, we work on social media and building mm-hmm. a brand and things like that, which is interesting. I, I haven't really had to do that before, just like social media wise. But you build the brand and then really we we set out these applications and we got over a hundred people that applied this year. I mean, there was people from the UK, wow. Argentina, Canada. I didn't really know how you could get them in the country with yeah, all that was going on at the time, but man, they there. have some cool stuff. So we try to do that balance, but we're also we're trying to cultivate a where it could be more local and mm-hmm. it, and it's a challenge i mean we we have great artists here and then but then we also want it to be a mural destination where people right. know well, you've got to have LA recognizable and they names. stop and so you have to kind of do a balance mm-hmm. and uh it's tricky but we're, we're trying at least i think we're we're bringing in some great people i mean even natalie fletcher she she's from here right she won Skin Wars. Yeah, she's just, got she's a huge a body painter, reputation. and she has a huge following. I went to high school with her, actually. So, yeah, trying to work that have some local war here. Drew Merritt, I mean, lit, he didn't quite live here, but he's from Clovis. Clovis is close enough. And he said he spent a lot of time here. Yeah. He got in last two nights ago. So, yeah, it's it's a fine balance. We definitely are hoping to have more locals. I think as we get bigger and figure out the logistics, trying to work on figuring out a local wall or if we can, okay, here's your piece this year. Oh, that was great. Maybe you can give you a big wall next year. Hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people with people like blank spaces. They're, they're creating, they're cultivating these artists yeah, too. They're creating helping. a whole generation. More art, the better. We, we have our little pocket and they're putting out some great stuff around town and, and then the city with their mural pr- programs doing great. It's great. We we're, we're just trying to get all there together. So. Have you had any trouble? The the murals that are part of Hoodoo are really big. I mean, large scale. And and requires, you know, the, the buy-in from the business owners, the property owners. It, it, has that <clears> been <throat> a challenge to find those walls and get the okay to it's, do something it's a, that's it a little is, bit different? It's definitely interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there can be challenges for for sure. Just what we want to do is these are businesses and we want to make sure they're proud of them and they're supportive of them. And some people, some businesses give money toward them. Some people just give us a wall. We, we, we do whatever. But we we want it just to be very inspiring. We just want it to be no, not controversial. That's kind of our, our halo guidelines is when I approach a wall wall owner and say, Hey, we don't want it to have a political Mm -hmm. or any kind of statement going on. 
which is kind of hard sometimes. I mean, artists arts, have perspectives, which and is opinions, great. You know? Yeah, but this is on a business down. You know, we still have to have that just fun to take a picture in front of. Yeah. So yes, and then some people will, um, some owners will like, well, can you make it have my brand on it or my mm. logo or my theme or it's and it's just like, well, that's that's a commission piece. I mean, if you want your x product on the wall well you just need to go hire them next, yeah. after they're done say hey will you paint this for me hire a local artist and do it so that's that's always a challenge to get them have that mindset that these are pieces of art this is a this is like a gallery walkable bikeable art gallery for the public to use not for you to brand mm -hmm. your wall and sometimes it's, they go, okay, well, you know what? I yeah, just well, don't think that's for me. Or you get the design and you're like, well, where's the this or that? And you're like, well, I, I'm sorry for the confusion, but this is, we want the artist to also have freedom of expression for their design. I don't want to micromanage this and that. Yeah. And, and the artists don't want you to either. No, I mean, that's, and they're so happy to like, oh, wow, I can do what I want within your positivity guidelines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go for it. How do you, if, if you had so many applicants this year, how do you go through choosing, you know, the, the five who are oh, going to participate? The worst part. I mean, I would, I wanted to say yes to everyone. I mean, uh, there's a quick few where you can, in those guidelines, mm -hmm. if it's a lot of, like, sorry, no pentagrams and it's very dark <laughs> or yeah. Or like it's, we had a president at election just recently mm -hmm. and there was a lot of things that you know we're we have different political views here yeah. and that so yeah okay well that wouldn't work and so you can narrow it down but then you'll you still have about half that look great and then i don't we just get the group together and just say all right what's let's get our favorite 10 to 15 mm -hmm. and then maybe we can let this year we let the wall owner pick their artist okay cool Trying to get them involved so it's when they see the design and it's like, well, it doesn't have my whatever widget on there. There's, oh, yeah, I did pick them. Mm -hmm. So they got to pick their artist, which was great. And it it just worked out. Some of them were from here. Or has the, uh, we, we had been, we had personally worked, reached out to Drew Merritt and a lot, I, anyone that knew him, I would mm -hmm. have them send him a message. So we already had him. He was going to come 2020, but. I mean, but luckily he could come back this year. So there, but it's the hardest part. I mean, I'm going to have to write all the emails that say, sorry, sorry. apply next Cause year. Cause there's, there's just so many amazing artists out there. What do you think of when you consider this project? You know, now it's just officially year three, but the second year of it, I mean, does it feel like something that can be a regular annual event? Do you feel like you'll run out of walls at some point or run out? Well, of I mean, I think we have a goal of maybe we go different. I would, I hope we can expand to different parts of the community. Maybe you do a wall here, there. Uh, love to do one down in San Jacinto area, North Heights, Barrio. Mm -hmm. We're not there yet. I mean, we're just trying to work out our little details right now, but I would love to expand it out and then, I don't know if we have even events throughout the year too, where we could maybe cultivate some other walls. But right now, I mean, I think we're 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 gearing up to do it again next year. Mm -hmm. And um, even the the artists in town are, I'm, I'm hitting them up for advice of like, okay, 
do you like how we're doing this or that? Send us some awesome artists and all that. But so far it's going good. I, I, I mean, we're in the heart of it right now. So I'm kind of going, why am I doing this? Yeah. But, uh, and I know my family is going, what's going on with you? But it's a lot of moving around. Like, yeah, you have to think about lift, like chairs and tables. The lift and, wasn't working right, or we got the wrong lift, or we got, I forgot paint, or I mm-hmm. got the wrong color. And when we're trying to get all that sorted out before, but you just have little things come up. So Home Depot is loving us right now. How so. does the how does the art community feel about it? Because you are you are bringing in outside artists. I mean, and and sometimes there are hurt feelings yeah, or I stuff mean, like that. But are they embracing it? Are they seeing the potential? I think you'll have people that that are on both sides. I mean, they're it's just like anything. Uh, I would say we have ninety eight percent positivity, loving it. Even if they're not so much on the visual side of the arts, they're still know it's art, and mm-hmm. they, everyone appreciates it. So we've had nothing but just the warmest like welcoming for this. I mean, we've had some people. It's on Instagram or something that are just completely bash us, but they also don't know them. They think we're like from out of town bringing yeah. in this deal. And and I and I do want it to be more local. I mean, we've tried real hard to make sure we can find a bunch of local bands, mix and DJs. And we wanted to make sure we have some local artists and we're trying to really use local you know, products and food and I've been hitting up Polk Street guy on you know, all the restaurants around town on Polk Street area. They're like, hey, this is we're literally a block from you guys. Yeah, this is about our whole area. Like, let's and they've been great. So when when you think about you know your initial idea that that Amarillo needs to become more of a destination, that it needs more of these things that that you had seen in other places. I mean, when you look five or ten years in the future, what what do you hope to see? You know, like two years ago when we were doing our first one, we were kind of about this. We were actually setting up for a little festival part. And this guy came up on his bike and he goes, I was driving through town. I saw that his name's Detox. He paints a lot in Deep Elm. He goes, I saw he was painting. So I pulled over, got on my bike. Where is he? I want to go drive by him. Mm. And we all looked and we're like, that's exactly what we wanted. He stopped. Maybe he'll have lunch. Maybe he'll have a drink or something. Spend the night, whatever. But he stopped because he saw this guy painting. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that's happening. I think there's so many organizations that are doing good things for our city. And I hope in a couple of years you have... I know the Civic Center didn't go, but you have projects like that that people say, okay, we do need these projects. Let's take the risk uh, and that our city only gets thriver, but we keep our we keep our roots, but we also know you can't live in the past. Yeah. Uh, I see it, though. I think we've survived all the COVID stuff that hurt our local businesses and restaurants, but uh, if, you, if you hear what... Uh, Kevin Carter says at the ADC, he goes, we're not in, we're not in recovery mode. We're in growth mode right now. Yeah, uh, We have so many employers and companies, local businesses, they're expanding. New companies are coming to town. Uh, 
I think it's exciting, very exciting for our city is if, as long as we can grow infrastructure-wise yeah. with it, which I think we can. This episode is sponsored by SKP Creative. SKP has been a supporter of the Hoodoo Mural Festival since day one and loves what it's bringing to our downtown and to the community as a whole. SKP has very generously offered to buy a pair of tickets each for five lucky Hey Amarillo listeners. Pretty much the first five who email about it. So to claim your tickets, shoot an email over to steve at skpcreative.com and mention that you heard about it on Hey Amarillo. That's right. Stop listening now and go email steve at skpcreative.com for a chance to claim a pair of Hoodoo Mural Festival tickets for Saturday, October 2nd. And then after you've done that, make sure you come back to the show. This week's episode is also sponsored by Amarillo's WIC office. The Women, Infants, and Children Nutrition Program helps out pregnant, breastfeeding women, plus families who have young children, by giving them access to healthy food, from formula and baby food to fruits and vegetables. So many people in our community, including children, face unnecessary obstacles in accessing nutritious food. Well, WIC helps them out. So if you know a young family that may qualify for supplemental nutrition, send them to amarellawick.com or call 806-371-1119. That's 806-371-1119, amarellawick.com. Okay, I'm back with Andrew Hall. Andrew, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. Eight Straight is sponsored every week by Panhandle Plains Historical Museum and Canyon. It's the largest history museum in Texas. And it has just opened a new temporary exhibition of the late career paintings of Emil Bistrom, uh, an extensive collection of the Southwest abstract artist's work, courtesy of the Ladd family of Amarillo. I got to see that show. Fantastic. So uh, you can learn more at panhandleplains.org. Okay, so um, first question is one I've asked of, of all my guests lately. What's one thing the pandemic or 2020 revealed to you about local people? You know, I think we're... It, Amarillo is such a a great place. I I honestly, I mean, I got really close with my kids and my wife and my family during it. I mean, we set up a little pickleball um, net in, in our front driveway and we played pickleball during this deal. And it just shows you how, what a great community you have and how everyone comes together and can take some negative and turn into positives mm-hmm. and, and just what people did for each other during this deal, whether it was helping feed feed the community, clothe the community, it just shows that people can turn negative and make it positive. Uh, just, I'm, I'm happy and proud to be from Amarillo. What does this area have too much of? You know, I th- unfortunately, I think it's pessimism of just not taking that risk of, of whether it's a, a new concert venue, maybe a civic center or okay the weather's too bad for a baseball park mm-hmm. the weather is actually amazing here uh, i just think taking a little risk could help for the community yeah that there's a lot of people that the assumption is always a negative one too much wind well yeah. i mean yeah it's windy but it's still beautiful sun's, sun's still shining mm-hmm. so what does this area not have enough of you know, I I think um, how healthy eating venues. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love a hamburger like anyone else, but I mean, I think I would love to 
have a you know some some more kind of better for you places to eat okay. things like that restaurants with a little bit more of a yeah healthy think, menu healthy yeah focus. and they're coming around yeah but can't eat fair food all the time no i would love to <laughs> if it, man it'd be bad how do you describe Amarillo to people outside this area? I mean, you're you're selling the city to artists to get them to apply. So how do you talk about it? Back in the day, I used to decide it. You walk around the neighborhood and everyone, you're expected to wave hello. Mm-hmm. You walk around a Dallas neighborhood, people don't even look you in the eye. Mm-hmm. So Kind of takes them off yeah, guard if you wave like, or say wait, something. Why aren't you waving yeah. at me? What so it's just want? the friendliness, the openness, the willing to help. I mean, with our project going on, just the amount of people have reached out and said, Hey, how can I help? How can I volunteer? So just the, I just feel like it's a great place to grow up, raise kids, cheap living, but, and it's growing. It's cool too. You mentioned, uh, you know, touring some other public art installations and murals. What's your favorite mural that you've seen outside this area? I mean, it's, it's hard to ever say one mural. I, I kind of like things where you can, I wish I knew the name, but we were in New Orleans one time and and there was these wings on the wall. Yeah. Sort of and an interactive. It's so cool mural. to interact with yeah. it. And you ta- and it's tagged your area or your business. So it's just like really neat when you can have some interactive art. So there's a wing and then I'm Winwood Walls, if you ever get a chance to go mm-hmm. there. It is just incredible what they're doing down there. Okay, we talked about restaurants. What's your favorite local restaurant? Again, that's hard. I think we have some great local restaurants. If I'm going to go kind of on the Asian Thai side, uh, Goonies downtown, mm-hmm. I don't think gets talked enough about. I think they have some of the best egg rolls in town uh, just right there on Polk Street. So I'd go with Goonies. I love Crush as well. Just, that's my just go-to. But What's your favorite local coffee shop? So I didn't drink coffee until really COVID hit. Um, until you started planning a, a mural festival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we went camping. And so I've been getting into coffee. Now I drink it a lot. Um, but I mean, Palace is is a great spot downtown. They've been helping. They're going to caffeinate all our muralists. So that's been awesome. But yeah, I, I think ca- uh, Palace coffees, especially in their new one on Georgia's. Yeah. Really cool. It's really cool. When was the last time you visited Paladuro Canyon? It has been, I didn't get to go this summer, uh, but it was last summer. All right. So I got to go to Bryce Canyon with all the hoodoos. But oh, really, wow. Paladuro Canyon is why we, is where the hoodoo name came from. Right. The lighthouse is a hoodoo formation. And so. we've got, there are some really nice hoodoos in Paladuro Canyon. But yes. yeah, Bryce Canyon is like an abundance. Of, it, it's the mecca of it's, hoodoos. It's an embarrassing so I, number of hoodoos. It's almost too many. You're yeah. Like, what yeah, you can't. On? Yeah, you, you need just one sticking out really big, like the lighthouse. Okay. So. Well, that concludes the eight straight questions. I like to end by asking my guests to endorse something. So what's one thing you'd want local listeners to know about or to experience? Well, I mean, I we are hosting a great event. The, <laughs> I'll give you a, a, that event and I'll give you another one. But uh, it is, we're, it's, we have a week coming up of free events throughout the week of come meet the muralists each day monday uh, through thursday four o'clock we have a list out on our social media and then saturday we're having a, a, a music festival to celebrate the art that's come in starts at three ends around 10 30 we're bringing in great bands food trucks lawn games drinks everything and we hope you see you on on saturday for that but 
then another just non thing i i hope we uh keep working on the the crossbar ranch yeah um that's kind of what i'm really hoping to get done um soon i know a lot of people are working really hard on it yeah north of town to create a second sister palatara canyon i think is something people need to be know of that they have a chance to be the only big lm campsite Mm -hmm. in texas i think could be huge for our community well that's my like non have a stake in endorsement okay andrew hall thank you so much for being on the podcast i appreciate it thank you so much And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Andrew for the interview. You can learn more about the Hoodoo Mural Festival and grab your tickets at hoodoomural.com. And at the event on Saturday, if you come, and I hope you do, uh, look for the food trucks in the Brick and Elm Food Park. I'll be there, so look for me too. Say hi. I want to say thanks, as always, to Angelina Marie for editing this week's episode and also to this week's sponsors, the WT Enterprise Center, Amarillo's Women, Infants, and Children Office, and SKP Creative, as well as to Panhandle Plains Historical Museum for sponsoring eight straight every week. This podcast exists on a weekly basis because of listeners like you and because of the local people who support it financially through patreon.com slash heyamarillo. Heyamarillo's executive producers through Patreon include Jason Burr, Katie Linger, Barbara and Jim Witten, Jess Heredia, Corey Burns, Josh Wood, Wilson Lemieux, Wes Reeves, and Patrick Burns. This has been episode 216. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.